Welcome to the Business Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. This episode is brought to you by Authors Unite. Authors Unite makes the process of becoming a published best-selling author as simple as sipping your morning cup of coffee. You can learn more about Authors Unite at AuthorsUnite.com. Now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. Today, I have Dan Gottlieb with us. He's a consultant at Topo, which specializes in research and advisory for high growth sales and marketing teams. So welcome to the show, Dan. Happy to be here, Tyler. Thanks for coming on, man. I uh, will dive right in. So the first question that I have for you is what's the best story from your life that has an underlying valuable message? Well, I feel like I could spend hours answering that question and even debating what the right story is. But given this is the business podcast, right, um, I figured I would start with a an interview story that happened relatively recently. Um, I was at the last stage of an interview for a job that I really, really wanted. Um, it's an incredible company. And the head boss uh, told me in the end of the interview, he said he's British and he said, you know, um, Dan, you're an 88 and I can only hire 90s. And um, therefore, I'm not going to hire you. And obviously, if someone tells you you're an 88 and he only hires 90s, you know, that's probably going to make you feel a certain way. Yeah. Um, and so he noticed I was really uncomfortable. He noticed I was pretty upset. And he said, Do you, if I asked me if I had any questions for him. And, you know, obviously, there's 3,000 different scenarios that are running through my head for how I handled it. Um, but I took a deep breath. And I asked him, where's, where's the other 2%, right? What's missing? Um, and he smiled. And he decided to very politely go into an extremely deep character assessment of how he was assessing the interview in extreme detail um, and gave me some of the most helpful feedback and told me that he thinks I have an inherent character flaw, which is attention to detail. And that um, I have mechanisms for making up for it, but he doesn't think, you know, he gave me just this very concrete, specific, hard hitting feedback um, and literally spent about an extra half hour past our scheduled time to go into detail and make sure that I understood all of that. And, um, you know, at the end of that, right, I walked out of there feeling really invigorated um, and probably the best I'd ever felt about being rejected. And the underlying message in that story, and I should say that that advice that he gave me um, has stuck with me and has helped me um, really go above and beyond and excel as a communicator. Um, and the advice he gave me was to always make sure you understand why you're in there in that conversation and make sure that every box is checked before you leave. And so um, the underlying message there is to see everyone as an ally, right? You have the choice to decide how you interpret feedback that anyone gives you, regardless of how they choose to give you the feedback. You have the choice to decide what it means to you. And um, in that situation, I took what sounded like a mean conversation and turned it into some of the most constructive feedback I've ever had. Yeah, dude, that was an incredible story. Thank you uh, for sharing that. I have to add that you're – uh, British accent is incredible. So, um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when someone tells you you're an 88 in a British accent and they only hire 90s, you're uh, <laughs> you're inclined to remember that. Yes. 
Um, the next question that I have for you is what's the most valuable piece of information we should know that's within your expertise or industry? Well, yeah. So I guess considering I consult for sales and marketing teams, um, I think one area where a lot of folks tend to have misconceptions and miss the mark is this uh, understanding what negotiation means. Um, and in its simplest form, really negotiating is a process. It's not a singular event, right? We tend to think of it as two people in a parking lot negotiating over costs, features, and um, overall benefits of a car. When in reality, it starts with your very first conversation and it ends when your contract is finally signed. You're constantly negotiating and it's not a um, negative thing. It's just a exchange of information that helps you build leverage when you're talking about value. And again, that starts in your first conversation and ends in your last conversation. And um, it's not a singular event. So I'd say that's a piece of information that a lot of folks tend to gloss over and not really think about when they're negotiating with their significant others at home, when they're negotiating um, actual costs out with a street vendor, or when they're just um, having a conversation about who's going to plan what aspects of a trip, right? Mm. And what's your best piece of overall business advice? So not necessarily industry specific. Fight your ego. So you know when it's preventing you from thinking clearly. And it's definitely, yeah, that's definitely number one. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I thought you were just going to give us a one-hitter right there. Sorry, if there's more, you keep going. That's it. Okay, great. Yeah, I was like, that. that's a hitter. Um, and then if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? I would say focus on skills, not titles, and play to your natural strengths, right? Um, natural strengths are, I think, when you – we tend to gloss over our natural strengths in favor of trying to build skills that we think will help us get hired. Um, and as a result, we suppress some of the things that really make us special or exciting or have uh, something to offer. And so um, developing the skills around those natural strengths is the advice I would give myself. And in your opinion, so kind of going a little bit of a different route, but what's the key to happiness? Um, Self-awareness and overcoming fears. And what's the best book that you've read and what was the number one thing you learned from that? So this one, um, my former, one of my former mentors, we actually only worked together very briefly and she put a book um, on everyone's desk called the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. And um, this book is a tool for communicators and it taught me the number one thing, which is to speak in inarguable truths, especially when you're in conflict or dicey situations. Mm, that's so can, wait, can you dive a look in inarguable truth? So like just being like as authentic as humanly possible. Is that kind of what you mean? Correct. So that's okay. that it's and, and um, let's 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 break it down a scenario. Right. Um, let's say you're upset in a um let's say let's say you're in a meeting right at work and um someone puts a deadline on a project that is very unrealistic and in fact in order to get it done it's um you know someone's gonna have to lose some sleep this is something that happens often especially when the folks that are making the deadlines are in positions of power and aren't really in a situation to effectively ask um, 
if it's realistic or not. And when they do ask, teams are you know under pressure, right, in the inferior position. Who's going to say, sorry, I need more time on that, boss, right? Um, if especially, in, you know, that's just a, a workplace dynamic that tends to play out a lot. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, so one thing why, uh, in speaking in an inarguable truth would be um, there's just no way we can get that done. Right. Because what you're projecting there is that you're you know, there's there's more to that story when you're saying there's no way I can get that done. Right. There's really you're not really sharing what you're actually feeling. You're just sharing that you don't think you can get it done. That's an opinion. Gotcha. Okay. Now, when I say speaking in an arguable truth, my goal there is to voice my concern about this deadline. Right. So when I speak in an inarguable truth, what I what one way to do it is to notice how you're physically feeling and state that so that no one can debate it. So why? Because that breaches the conversation and it allows you to start the conversation. So an example of how to speak in an arguable truth is um, when you said that we would be able, that we should get this done in two weeks. It made my stomach turn. Mm. Why is that different? That's different because I've now voiced my opinion, but I voiced it in a way you just can't disagree with. You can't disagree with the fact that my stomach is turned because the next question is very logical. Why is your stomach turned? Right? Yeah. But now I've broached my opinion instead of sort of starting off from this point, this position of defensiveness, right? There's no way we can get this done. Um, I've now said, this is something that made my stomach turn. And it made my stomach turn because I'm afraid that we're not going to be able to get it done on time. Got it. Dude, this is pretty big, I think. This is, uh, I have not uh, ever, like, I haven't heard of that book and I have not ever kind of looked at it in that way. You know, like, I know, you know, I think everybody knows, like, authenticity and the importance of that, uh, obviously, but this is like a different way of looking at it. You know, it's very cool. It's like, it's, yeah, it's a couple levels deeper. It's, it's more of a tactical approach to being authentic. Um, authenticity is important, but how you communicate is, is more impactful than whether or not you're being authentic. Right. Tom told me he, he was an 88, I'm an 88 out of 90. Right. Um, and, um, in that situation, he was speaking, you know, that's his opinion. Um, but he went into more detail about the tactics of that. If the delivery of it, right, maybe could use some work. It wasn't exactly the kindest way to communicate, but it was effective. Um, this is a way to communicate that is guaranteed to be effective because it starts by forcing you to communicate around something that no one can, no one can logically argue with. Mm. yeah thank you for diving deeper into that this is awesome yeah, it's um, a good book yeah yeah definitely i'm gonna check it out myself um and then uh, the next question i have for you is what's your favorite quote and why uh it's a quote that's sitting over my desk right now it just says do something um so I, we have a lot we we tend to speculate a lot about like well what if i did this what if i do that you know and especially people that are assessing some kind of change in their life and I have a, a, a very good friend who's also a, a life coach and a personal coach. And he really, um, he really taught me to overcome a lot of my fear with just basic action. And it sounds simple, but, um, but it's not. And it sometimes, you know, it goes back to that overcoming fears, right? Um, you know, conversation from earlier. 
just taking some action helps you build the confidence to push through the fears. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on, Dan. This was extremely valuable. Uh, the last question I have for you is where's the best place for people to find you online? I mean, if it's work related, obviously LinkedIn. And if it's personal on Instagram, uh, my handle is go, go Danny bananas. One word. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Dan. We will talk with you soon. Thanks, Tyler. Take care.